0: Welcome to EWA's FinLit podcast. EWA is a fee-only RIA based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We hope all listeners of this podcast will benefit as we deep dive into uh, complex financial topics that we will make simplified for you, and we hope that this really serves as a catalyst so that you can make the best financial planning decisions uh, for your family and also save time. Welcome, everybody. Today, uh, James and I are going to talk in detail about Medicare, um, what it is, who pays in, who gets the benefits out. So really quickly, this is relevant to everybody from an investment perspective. Everyone has uh, a Medicare tax that goes right out of their paycheck. Um, There was also um, under the Obama administration, uh, Medicare tax was... uh, started being subject to capital gains tax. So on your investments, that was another way they decided to fund the system. And the reason that was incorporated is this was a system that supports a lot of Americans, everyone over age 65, typically, uh, in roles. those that are still working. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, but obviously a huge system, Medicare and then Medicaid, um, uh, which covers, you know, assisted healthcare as well for those that don't have the assets to cover it. So, um, Before we we go into, you know, planning considerations, Jameson, just give us the, the general background, you know, why, when, how was Medicare established?
1: Yeah. So, um, distinction between Medicare and Medicaid, like you said, we're going to talk about Medicare, which simplest terms, healthcare for people over the age of 65, government program also covers some people with some disabilities before the age of 65, but, um, That was started in 1965. Lyndon uh, JFK actually tried to really try to get it passed, didn't work out. Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Social Security Amendments. 1965 created Medicare and Medicaid. The original structure was Part A and Part B only. Now there's Part C and Part D. But pre 1965, people relied on individual insurance plans, um, public charity public hospitals charity support there was no standard like government health care program um and like i said the changes 2003 part c and d were added and there's continued changes with this it's a it's a pretty big issue in the united states right now for a couple of reasons number one rising cost of health care um number two aging population biggest change right now from baby people boomers. People are living much longer. Yeah, that's the third thing is the is longevity. People are living longer than ever Is healthcare is being And the investment the
0: returns aren't as big as what the original actuarial assumptions when they created the amount of the tax yeah. as well. So,
1: yeah, so basically paying for it is a big, big issue. Absolutely.
0: Well, real quick, so Medicare and Medicaid in the same system. What, just real quick, talk about the difference. So Medicare is essentially if you're healthy, you're retired over 65. There's Part A, Part B, Part C, Part D. Uh, A and B, you enroll, C and D are optional. we we'll get in great detail about that. That's if for someone that has basic you know, healthcare needs, prescriptions, etc. that's what you get. For someone that needs assisted healthcare, so if you lose two out of six activities of daily living, Medicare system designed to pay in full for 30 days, partially for 70 days, not to exceed 100 days. And then for someone that has assets in general that are not in an irrevocable trust, that are just in, in your name, uh, most states will force you to use those assets. Medicaid will not kick in until Medicare will pay those 100 days. Assets have to go to cover your own costs for assisted health care. And then if you're essentially you know broke or down to a certain state-by-state limit, then the Medicaid system kicks in. But just the huge difference is Medicare is general health care. Medicaid is that assisted health care um, that the lower and some middle class people utilize when they run out of assets. Higher net worth people typically have the assets to sustain that, and Medicaid uh, will essentially be irrelevant to them uh, in their in their financial planning. So, yeah. okay. With that being said, let's focus on Medicare. We actually you can reference our podcast on long term care. We do get into Medicaid in quite detail. Um, that re- was released a couple of weeks ago, and you can search that right on our website. So, Medicare four parts. Part A. Jameson, give us the uh, the rundown. What is Part A?
1: So Part A covers hospital insurance, helps pay for inpatient hospital care, skilled nursing, hospice, and um, some home healthcare coverage. So there's no premium for this. Assuming uh, what that you've paid into Medicaid. Paid so if you're invested in the Social Security
0: years. system, then uh, then there's no premium cost for Part A. It it's free.
1: If you've yeah you've had to pay that tax on your income for ten years. Um, and then you would, you would qualify for this, or your spouse. If what spouse doesn't work and the other one does, then that works too. Um, if you don't qualify, if you haven't paid into it, you may be eligible to purchase this. Obviously, you pay a premium for it. Um, typically, there's some deductibles, co-pays, co-insurance, similar to like a normal insurance plan.
0: Gotcha. Um, okay, so... That's very helpful. So the majority of people listen to this podcast that will have worked, you know, 40 quarters or 10 years paying in the social security system on a W-2 wage, they're going to be vested. Part A is free. If it's not, you know, if you have a parent that's international that doesn't have this 10 years, part A is actually pretty expensive. Oh, really? Uh, yes. But for the majority of listeners here that are uh, in the, the U.S. working for more than 10 years, that part A is fully covered. It's free. It doesn't matter how much income or assets you have. It's free. So, part B, however, is not. So, let's before we talk about the cost of part B, what does part B cover that's different than part A?
1: Covers medical services, outpatient care, supplies necessary for diagnosing and treating certain things, includes doctor visits, specialists, preventative care. Um, Also covers ambulance service, some mental health services, and limited prescription drug coverage.
0: Awesome. So, this has a cost to it. So, generally speaking, Uh, you know, Part B is based upon two factors. What your marital status is, one. And secondly, what your modified adjusted gross income was two years prior to the year that you're receiving the Part B care. So this has nothing to do whether you're a perfect clean bill of health and never go to see a doctor, or if you have, you know, 10 specialists you see, um, the government doesn't care how much you're utilizing it what your health status is, everyone qualifies, what you pay is based upon, if you're single or married, and then based upon how much your adjusted gross income is. And really the single or married, the how that comes into play is it, it's based upon what income bracket you fall into. So in general, the prices in 2024, the Part B premiums, if you in twenty twenty two, we're single at an income under $103,000. You're gonna pay the cheapest price available, which is $174.70 per month. If you're married, that income limit is at two hundred and six thousand dollars. Again, if two thousand twenty two, if you're two hundred and six thousand dollars, we'll put this chart on the screen here. Um, however, if you are single and go and you had an income in two thousand twenty two above five hundred thousand, your monthly cost for part B goes up from one seventy four a month up to five ninety-four a month. Oh, that's so huge. That's, that's over $5,000 a year difference an extra cost you're going to pay, $5,000 a year penalty of extra medical costs you're going to pay for the rest of your life, or as long as that income is over $500,000, uh, because this is based upon income, and this is the price, and this is how one of the ways the government is uh, fixing the system or making sure the system gets funded is really charging those that have more income. So... What are some, real quick, we're not going to get too distracted here. We've t- covered how to avoid these Medicare sar- char- surcharges in our Roth podcast. But in general, you know, what are some ways to keep that modified adjusted gross income low, but also keep your lifestyle really high?
1: Yeah, one of the big things is just efficient tax planning when you're accumulating or getting ready to retire or even early in retirement. Um, make sure you have Roth money, anything that's in a Roth account. It's not tax number one when you distribute. Number two, there's no required minimum distribution. So even if you're not spending your money and you're living on a low, you have a low cost of lifestyle and retirement, you have a lot of pre-tax assets. Maybe your first, I guess, eight years from sixty-five to when RMDs kick in, you could keep your Medicare costs down. But then the government's going to say you have this pre-tax IRA, you haven't paid your taxes, start taking money out. That's going to be shown as income, and um, so yeah, directly answer your question, Roth planning is a, a really easy way around this.
0: So let's say hypothetically, Jameson, you and I are retired at 65. You're single. I'm single. You make 105000 between Social Security, which 85% of that would get taxed, assuming that situation, mm-hmm. and you take out a, mm-hmm. so let's just say your, your taxable amount in Social Security is 30000 and then let's say you have a $75,000 um IRA withdrawal or mix of IRAs or capital gains. So you're adjusted, modified adjusted gross income. you don't get the standard deduction on the modified adjusted mm-hmm. gross income, so it's 105, mm-hmm. your premiums are going to be 244 a month and you're with 105,000 of adjusted gross income after taxes, high level. I mean, you're probably bringing home, um, it's probably 7,500 a month of net income. Okay. Then let's say hypothetically I had the same deal, $30,000 of um, Social Security that's taxable, 85% of my Social Security, so 30000 30, 30, I take out 70000 not $75,000 my IRA. So my modified adjusted gross income is $100,000. But I also take another 100000 because I have a Roth IRA, totally tax-free, doesn't come into modified adjusted gross income. So my income, let's say, is $7,200 from my Social Security and IRA, but then I also get eighty three hundred from my a month from my Roth. So I've got fifteen thousand a month, double what you have in income. But I'm paying you know, essentially fifty percent lower cost uh, in Medicare.
1: Yeah, it can um, be huge.
0: Well, thirty yeah, thirty or forty percent lower cost in Medicare but I'm living off of double the income you are. So that's just a quick example of the importance of retirement income distribution and tax planning while you do your retirement income distribution and the decisions you make leading up into your retirement
1: years. And this like infuriates me because I've seen advisors literally not even consider this. And they'll... Sell assets and realize capital gains for people that are retired without doing like without knowing anything that's in their tax situation. And the client, I've seen this happen multiple times, but it's is how we've gotten some new clients. But the client then like is like, why did my Medicare surcharge go up? I didn't like re- have any more income. And it's because the advisor just unknowingly realized capital gains in a taxable account. It's the stupidest thing in the world. just like, all right, Dave Ramsey, let's let's calm down
0: for a second. <laughs> Now, that was smarter than anything Dave Ramsey's ever said, because he doesn't know how Medicare taxes, but let's just let's keep calm. This is not a Dave Ramsey podcast where we <laughs> yeah. freak out on people. So, yeah. all yeah. right. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> thanks for bringing that up, though, Jameson. Um, all right, so Part C. What is Part C? And so just real quick, Part A and Part B are you have to do. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Part C, do and, you have
1: to do? And D, no. It's optional. Okay, this so is,
0: what's, this part, is, what's Part
1: C? This is what we call what's... Common term is metagap. So, what you want to think about is what does A and B not cover? Certain things like all prescription drug costs. It doesn't. Co- it doesn't cover any vision, hearing, dental, any like wellness programs, anything like that. So, you can buy Medigap, Part C and D to supplement that. Part C is going to cover hearing, so vision, dental, fitness. Like it'll cover like some silver sneakers stuff, certain okay. wellness programs. You pay a premium, typically pretty inexpensive and guaranteed issued, just like A and B. If you enroll, we'll talk about this. You don't want to go, you don't want to enroll, get off, try to go back. Won't be guaranteed issued. But if you just enroll when you're 65, guaranteed issued.
0: And as long as you keep paying premiums, they can yeah. never take it away. Yeah. Um, and It's similar to like a term life insurance policy. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in.
1: Yeah. And then part D, also optional, this is going to cover. A lot more prescription drugs. This would be really important when we talk about the advantage plans here in a second. Um, pay a monthly premium. This also does. Part D has a surcharge. Is much smaller.
0: Yeah, it's based on income, and yeah. it's also there's a if you don't get in at sixty five, and you wait till eighty, and then yes. you have cancer, and now you're like, I need, I need prescription drug coverage. There's a huge penalty mm-hmm. every year you wait to get in later. So. If you're generally healthy, I mean, you could go without it and pay, make that up later. But similar to like buying life insurance when you're young, getting it locked in really cheap versus waiting until you're older, obviously it's going to be way more expensive when yeah. you're older. Part D works is similar conceptually where there's a, a big penalty if you don't get in every year that you wait to get in. So it's 65, it's cheap. If you have family history of, you know, something generally and you have a good asset base, we'd recommend just get in.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So now these advantage plans get pushed a long time. So someone instead of they could get part A and B and then instead of getting part C and D, they could get an advantage plan. So let's, some are better than others, but let's just take a deep dive into those. So
1: I want to say a couple of things, Medicare and Medigap it's it's like, it's the gold standard. So you can pretty much go wherever you need to go any state, the country. Any hospital, they're going to take you. And it's like, it is what it, it's pretty it's pretty standard these advantage plans however um they're only available in certain areas of the country and western pennsylvania actually southern western pennsylvania they're pushed really heavily um a lot of this has to do with the insurance companies so what basically what these are you can not do the medigap part c part d and you buy one of these advantage plans it's going to give you similar stuff that the medigap supplements would do um one of the reasons I think these are pushed a lot is because it gives the, the insurance companies the option to cover what they want to cover versus like a Medicare stuff. They have to just pay everything essentially. Um, so what this is, is you're buying those supplements through a private insurance company. So like in Western Pennsylvania, there's like two or three companies that offer these. Um, and bottom line, what they are, so they cover a lot of the same things. They pay you know, your vision, dental, Fitness, pay for your gym, stuff like that. They'll also they're they're like they're almost. I was reviewing one of these a few weeks ago. They're almost like too good to be true because they make the benefits out to be like so good. And a lot of them, there's ones that cost nothing. And the one that had all the bells and whistles that I was looking at was nineteen dollars a month. So when you're looking at it, they were paying they were paying a hundred and fifty dollars a quarter just to spend it at a pharmacy on like toiletries. You couldn't buy like drugs, but you could buy like deodorant, shampoo, Mm. like anything you want. Like it was almost like what this is like, where's the like yeah where's the the catch here? Um, but what's important about these is they require you to see a doctor in network. So like if you're buying It's like your health insurance. Exactly like your health insurance. But what the big the big reason we don't like these and I've actually got some I've gotten the opinion on from doctors. Yeah, because I, I started digging into this. I'm like, this is way too good to be true. Where's the catch? And so I started talking to doctors that deal with this stuff every day. And they said, there are some horror stories. There's actually a couple Wall Street Journal articles that explain this. Like, this isn't I didn't make this up. Um, like Part D covers these prescription drug costs. So one of the big things is cancer, like you said. There's been stories of people that get on a new cancer treatment. So maybe they're a year in chemotherapy, and they go – they qualify for a trial, which is very hard to get on. So let's say, okay, I qualify for this trial, which is this new drug, and I have to go to a new hospital or maybe even the same hospital to get this. And there's, I've heard stories from doctors that these Advantage plans, the insurance companies, are just declining to pay for the coverage. Mm-hmm. So they have control over what they pay and what they don't pay. And so that can be, I mean, they, they literally could just say, hey, I don't, I don't want to cover this. You're, you can't do this. So now you have to go back to Medicare, you go, okay, I'm going to go buy the Medigap coverage. Well, once you're off med- once you're off the supplements, it's not guaranteed issued. And they say, well, you have cancer. You can't buy this now, or it's going to be astronomically expensive. And you get stuck in this like horrible spot where you can't even get treatment.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um, so this, some advantages, they're cheap, but long-term medical care, health care is everything, especially when you're retired and you want to have Certainty, just like yeah. a Roth IRA, you have certainty when you can use the money and not do taxes. You know, Having a gold standard in healthcare, uh, if you can afford it, obviously, is very, very important. Yeah. Um, okay, excellent. So um, let's say, hypothetically, someone's retiring age 60. They're not eligible for Medicare. What are their options if they're coming out of kind of like a W-2 workforce? Uh, and what would they expect? What would their financial plan look like before 65? and then after 65.
1: So one option is Cobra coverage. So Cobra coverage allows you to continue your employer's health care for 18 months. You Without pay,
0: evidence of insurance,
1: you, yeah. without proving health, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, and you, you pay the full, you, it's going to be more expensive the if you're cost. paying the full cost. Because instead of it getting
0: yeah. shared with your employer, you're paying the 100%. Yeah, got yeah. yeah.
1: it. so that's one option. Second option, you just go to the marketplace and buy, um, buy insurance, just and go buy it from an insurance company. That's uh, no no existing conditions, so you can, you know, get that even if you have you don't have to worry about getting off your employer plan and going and buying one. They're not gonna disqualify you for having a pre existing condition. Third option, which is probably the most common for a lot of people we work with if they're married, is to one spouse continues to work and you get their you get on their um, their employer coverage until you're sixty five.
0: Awesome. So and then general let's say you let's say someone has the means to retire at sixty two. They do that. And then 63 and a half, the Cobra runs out, both spouses are retired. It's gonna be expensive. I mean, we would budget, you know, probably fifteen hundred a month mm-hmm. to two thousand a month until sixty-five. And even after sixty-five, when you add up the cost, A is free, you know, for someone with a couple million dollar net worth. Part B, you're probably gonna pay five to ten thousand dollars easily in in premiums with Irma charges, unless you've done a really good job planning in advance. Then you're going to pay the Part C and the D, and then there's like the donut hole where some out of pockets occur, similar to your health insurance, where you've. So in, in general, even for someone that's, um, let's say, in the top five percent of the population, is a couple million dollars in retirement. You should budget, even when you're on Medicare A, B, C, D, about ten thousand a year between the the premiums you're going to pay. That's going to come out of your Social Security paycheck for this the B premiums, the C and the D, and then all the out of pockets. So we got to budget between that ten to fifteen thousand as a couple. Or if you're single between $5,000 five thousand and seventy five hundred in general, where that would get way thrown off is if your income's astronomically high and the Irma charges bump that up even mm-hmm. higher. So just to give a general rule of thumb, um, healthcare cost for someone before sixty five would probably be double what they are. And then after Medicare costs in, they would they would get cut in half. And yeah. that as a married couple again, ten to fifteen thousand a year is what we budget. But we also inflate that at a much higher rate than the three mm-hmm. percent historic cola mm-hmm. on CPI index because medical costs have risen at yeah, yeah. a much higher rate. So um okay, so let's talk about open enrollment. So a couple things. If you are retiring at sixty five, you can enroll. Um open enrollments between November fifteenth and December seventh, but you must enroll when you turn sixty five or you're gonna pay a fee for the rest of your life. You can get in three months in advance. You can enroll three months in advance before your sixty fifth birthday, also three months after. So you've got that window. Um and just to give you some statistics in 2022, an average American couple in retirement paid 41000 in healthcare cost, Uh, which does that include, um, does that include like long term healthcare costs as well? It sounds like it does, just in general. Yeah, I
1: think anything that had has to do to, with healthcare. Yeah, yeah, so
0: that would be. You know, someone paying 10 to 15 a year for medical that's healthy on, on Medicare premiums and also averaging out yeah. with someone paying like 120,000 a year for, for someone yeah. in a nursing home. So, healthcare is a big concern, big issue, big concern. And the average couple at 65, which again, the median net worth for someone 65 in America is like around $300,000 right now. Um, now, most of the income would come from Social Security. The average couple, <laughs> Can expect to pay three hundred fifteen thousand healthcare expense in retirement, a greater amount to medical cost alone than their actual net worth. Now, how would they afford that? Well, Social Security is not your net worth. A lot of your cash flow and income, unfortunately, got to take care of yourself and 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 be in good shape financially to have the the wherewithal, and then also have um, you know good shape because medical could be your biggest cost uh, if you don't take take care of yourself. So. With that being said, um, wanted to close up with a hybrid scenario, and this is something we've gone through with several clients. It's dependent by employer, but just to give an uh, example, a lot of our clients, especially you know physicians, we'll pick on physicians for a second, and executives, and business owners. Our fourth one's retirees, but all three of those those kind of uh, categories of clients, a lot of them work past sixty five, mm-hmm. not because they have to, but you know if you get that successful, a lot of your identity. You enjoy your work, especially if you've like, you know, actualized how you spend your time at that point. It's, why would I retire making a good income? I do what I want to do. My kids are out of the house. Yeah, sure, I have plenty of time. I'm going to cut my work hours and just keep working. So let's say someone's 65 and they're still working. What do you do with Medicare? So here's how this works with most employers. So you still have to apply, you still have to sign up for Part A, uh, you still have to, um, do the application on the, the Social Security website to get your Medicare application in. Um, however, most employers, you stay on their plan, um, which is great because most employers are going to probably pay at least two-thirds of the cost of the plan, where you're paying a third, which is a deduction out of your paycheck. So that's great. Part B, you can defer. So if you're retired, you can't defer part 65, past 65, or else you're going to get penalties. If you're still working and actively on a health care plan, you can defer that part B. But the trick is two things. One, you have to apply for Part A, even though you're on your employer plan. The second thing is um, when you do officially retire, um, there is a employee verification form that your employer will need to sign and provide for Medicare Part B. Then you turn that in. Let's say you're 65, you work two years. At 67, you decide to retire. At 67, you get this um, employee verification form for your Part B from your employer you turn it in and then you do not get penalized for part B for deferring at past 65. And you still are guaranteed to get right in. Um, at that point you can go, you know, get C and D et cetera, and then navigate obviously what based upon whatever your employer benefits you're providing during retirement, um, whether you should still get the D hypothetically at 65 to avoid the penalties later, you know, for waiting until 67. So just some considerations, it's all a case by case, uh, basis and analysis. Um, but hopefully that is a high level overview of how Medicare works. Some financial planning considerations are taken to place before retirement, after retirement, et cetera, with Roth conversions, keeping modified adjusted gross income in check, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, please as always reach out if you have any questions. Thanks for tuning in to, uh, our podcast. Hopefully you found this helpful. Really hope this is as beneficial and impactful to as many people Uh, across the nation as possible, so hit the follow button. Uh, Make sure to rate the podcast and please share uh, with any friends or family members that would also find this beneficial. Thank you very much.